Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I bought this little house. I paid 122. 18 months later, I sold it for 290. That was the best deal I ever did. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to out-of-state real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Do you know how you can benefit from crowdfunding? If you haven't checked out our special series, Best Crowdfunding Crash Course Ever, presented by Patch of Land, then you need to. It's episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, because you'll hear from the industry's leading crowdfunding experts on how you can benefit by getting involved, whether it's getting access to funds for your deal or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Dave Pellegrinelli. Hi, Dave. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Doing well, and thank you for joining us. Dave is joining us from San Luis Obispo, California. Appreciate it. Glad to be here with the best ever listeners. It's an honor. Yeah, well, I'm channeling them, and they're saying, we're happy to have you. And Dave has an interesting background, one like nobody we, we've spoken to on the show, so I'm really interested to hear his advice and hear his story. He is a national certified title examiner. And he's been in the business for over 20 years in both the title industry and in private investigations. His corporation's called AFX, and they've performed over 1 million title searches. He's provided expert witness testimony for several government agencies, including the Department of Justice, Treasury Department, and the FDIC. So with that being said, Dave, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, yeah. I actually started in... Uh, real estate a long time ago. I was a commercial broker for a while, did a bunch of investment deals for about seven, eight years, and uh, actually started the company as a 
marketing and advertising agency, think like Mad Men, that kind of a, a company. And through a very unusual chain of events, we got into title research and different types of analysis of records and data. And that's where we are now. We do investigations, analysis of records. There's a, a large part, portion of our company that does real estate records research, what people would call a title search and title uh, researching and title abstracting. Uh, but there's another part that goes deeper. We do some investigations, traditional PI type stuff, and we're licensed as private investigators in, in uh, many states. Uh, but it's all about data analysis, due diligence, records research to prepare clients for some event, an investment, a decision, that kind of thing. And it's all about uh, intel. How did your company transition from an advertising agency into being focused on titles? Because my background, I used to work at ad agencies and I can't fathom how that transition and segue would happen. Yeah, here's the story in a nutshell. One of the areas we focused on was direct mail, postal mail. And we did a lot of deep dives on data to get increased response rates on direct mail. And as you know, direct mail response rates are measured in the single digit percentage points. So if you can move the needle just a little bit on response and conversions, you're doing a good job. So what we did was we went to clients that we're doing direct mail for and found out what their customer base, what their demographics were. And we discovered that their manufacturers or these large clients had a lot of information on their customers, things like home ownership, vehicle ownership, um, a lot of stuff besides just age, income, and, and uh, that kind of demographic data. So we matched up property ownership info with the client. For example, if we knew that this client, uh, let's say a car dealership or car manufacturer, had customers that owned homes that were above a certain amount, let's say above 300000 but not more than 500000 and they had mortgages that were you know, at least 50% of the home value, but not more than 80%, they were more likely to be a buyer for that vehicle. So we just went and started getting property records that matched up that information and used those property records to narrow down and filter our mailing lists so we could mail fewer pieces and get higher response. So we had all this extra real estate records and we put a couple ads in some trade publications, legal journals for real estate records and people started asking us about title searches. Can you do a title search? And at first we said, no, but if somebody asks to buy something from me long enough, I'm going to figure out a way to sell it to them. You got property and vehicle records from your clients and you use that information to target individuals, laser target individuals more so than you were before, which increased the response rate from the, the people receiving the mail, correct? Exactly. We use their existing client base to, as a model to, to figure out what new customers to target, what new list to use to target potential new clients. Exactly right. What's one thing, I know we haven't gotten to your best advice ever yet, but what's one thing that a best ever listener can do, can take from that and implement in their business? Is there a certain percent of people that respond? Is it a certain database you can go look at? I mean, what's an actionable tip for them? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good one. Anything that involves due diligence or analysis of records, there are any number of sources of information, records, data, resources. I mean, at this point, we're drinking from a fire hose on records that are available and information that's available. An investor can use information to help guide them towards the right kind of a deal, the best properties, properties that match their investing profile. Maybe they search, you know, single family homes below a certain dollar amount or they're in a certain zip code, they can use data that's already out there to model 
their investment pursuit, either to find properties, to negotiate deals on properties, to evaluate the value of a property beyond just comps. Comps is a one or two dimensional measurement. You can go deeper than that and look at comps of a whole neighborhood going back 10 or 15 years. So you know that this one property may be 10% higher than the rest of the neighborhood, maybe because of the location. It may be 10% lower than the average price in that neighborhood because of some functional thing with the house, the, the floor plan, the layout. By going back in detail and deep diving into data, there's any number of advantages that an investor can get over competition, over the market, and the data's out there. Most of it's free or little cost. The trick is the analysis of the records. What would you say are some good websites or a good website for a best ever listener to go to for that data? Um, for property data, for the most part, it's the local government agency that houses the data. It's usually the county courthouse. Uh, there are 3,611 counties in the country and real estate records are kept at the county level in most of them. A few states have city level or town level records uh, like Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, or Connecticut, Vermont. And then in, in Louisiana, it goes by parishes. But at the county level, every single real estate transaction that ever happened, every lien, every deed, every mortgage, every release, every assignment is a separate document, a piece of paper filed in that county. Now, it's not data. It's actual papers that are scanned or PDF files or actual papers that you pull from a book. But that information can be reviewed and researched to find that needle in a haystack that might help that investor get a leg up on a competitor. And look, this is not a high volume industry. You're not doing 15 or 20 deals a day or transactions a day. It may be one or two or five a month. So spending a few hours of research, analysis, due diligence might make you an extra three or four or five or six thousand dollars on one deal. That's worth it. Do you remember any correlations? You mentioned you got the property and vehicle records and you identified based on that client's target audience who would be more likely to respond. Do you remember any correlations that would be relevant to the best ever listeners from people who own vehicles or certain properties? Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm making this up. If somebody, if you do a search for a vehicle record, and I don't even know if this would come up, but if somebody owns a boat, then they'd be more likely to respond to your direct mail piece on buying their home. Yeah, it's, it's more likely that it's more information about their their property history. For example, if you analyze deals you've done that were successful, and as you know, you make your profit on a deal when you buy it, not when you sell it. You buy it right and you buy it with the right value, with the right transaction terms. That's when your profit is made. The selling price is already almost predetermined. Um, so when you buy it, that's where your profit comes in. But let's say you look at your deals that are most profitable, model those, look in the history of those prior owners. What was their history like? How long did they own the property? Um, had they refinanced? Had they done cash out? Whatever the, the different data points for those deals were. Let's say you look at, if you've, done, if you've done 50 or 60 deals, look at your top five or 10 deals in terms of profit and look for common elements for those deals. Were the prior owners absentee owners? Uh, had they been, um, had they already moved? Um, had they recently had a lien against them from, let's say, the government? Certain, could be anything. There's dozens of different possible elements that are in the public land records that you could find. If you find those commonalities, now look at your future deals and model those against those. Find sellers or deals or properties that fit the same profile. It may not even be about the, the seller or the prior owner. It may be about the property itself. Were the properties corner lot properties? Were they properties which had, um, you know, 
uh, a recent permit, a new roof, or so, who knows what it could be. Looking at all those hundreds of potential data points and modeling them on the deals you're most successful with and using that model to influence which deals you pick and how to structure those deals going forward. You mentioned you began as a commercial broker. Does any of this stuff apply for multifamily or commercial properties? I think it does probably more because those properties, because they're lower volume, have more data points and they're more unique. Uh, For example, a single family home, especially if it's owner occupied, normally it's going to have a very similar profile, but there's multiple types of owners for commercial or multifamily home. Um, It could be somebody who lives in the property. It could be a corporation that is running multiple properties. It could be an investor who only buys one or two properties. They will have more unique elements to their history. And the properties themselves are more unique. You know, if in one neighborhood, especially in a planned unit development, there's 50 houses that are essentially identical. A multifamily property, a commercial property are much more unique. They're harder to find exact comps for value. So you may be able to find comps for the deal by looking at other elements, like are they held in a trust? Is there a blanket mortgage? Uh, Is there a wraparound mortgage? Are there other elements of that deal that might give you an advantage? And some of it might be intuitive. You might not have to look at prior deals to find these advantages. You might be able to look and say, hey, this is something I didn't recognize. Even what we do, what we call title forensics, look at the actual documents. Instead of just looking at a mortgage or a lien in terms of numbers, pull that document and read through the document itself. Look at the signatures. Who were the notaries? Who were the witnesses to that document? Were they friends and relatives of the seller or the buyer at that point? That might indicate um, a more unique event. Were there uh, refinances using the same attorney? Um, Does that person have any other legal action? Is there a civil lawsuit with that same attorney? What On the very top left-hand corner of any recorded document, there's what's called a send to block. So after the document's recorded with the clerk, it tells the clerk where to send it to, where to send that original deed to. Did it go to an attorney? Did it go to a trust? Did it go back to the buyer? All those pieces of information can be stitched together to find out what is really going on with that potential seller or with that deal, it might help you give an advantage in negotiation, structuring the deal, finding out what the needs are which that owner might be met more so than actual paying more dollars for the property. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Due diligence. Uh, Like I said, you make the money and profit when you buy the deal, not when you sell it. So doing due diligence, having more intel than your competitors, certainly having more intel than your seller. And knowing more about that deal than just square footage, number of bedrooms, comps, value, knowing really what's going on in the heart and mind of that seller can help structure the deal, maybe with a very slight disadvantage to you, but might be a huge advantage to that uh, seller. What are some tactical ways, and you've talked about it already, but as far as that due diligence, when you're looking to buy a new property, what are some additional tactical ways that the best ever listeners can do that due diligence? Yeah, just making sure you're dotting I's and crossing T's. You know, you remember the movie Moneyball where they do analysis and all those little tiny details of anything, business, sports, and those thousands of records to find and profile that best deal. You maybe want to look at if there's a second mortgage, are there terms and conditions for assigning a second mortgage? Are there terms and conditions in another financial element or financial uh, instrument that that seller has that you could maybe wrap into this one? A lot of times sellers want to get out of a deal 
because they're a don't wanter for some reason. And if that don't want reason doesn't apply to you, then you can eliminate the negative in their life because every every deal is out of a personal decision. It's either profit or lifestyle or you know change in, in desires. Maybe the person wants money out because they're going to pursue some business interest. Knowing those things can help you structure that deal um, and avoiding risk. The most important thing is avoiding risk. A, a mistake can take all the fun not only out of that deal but even out of 10 other profitable deals if it's a big enough loss and you know things like making the mistake of – um, buying a foreclosure property and not realizing that that foreclosure auction was for a second mortgage, not the first mortgage, is something we see pretty common. So avoiding risk and having all the due diligence about potential upside is key. Would you say the county website, and you mentioned you know, in, in a couple of states, it's, it's a little bit different like Louisiana, you said parishes, but the, the local website for the property or for where your property is, is that the primary source? And then if so, is there a secondary national source that you think the best ever listeners should also look at? No, and actually I would go the other way. Instead of thinking about website, use the website for most of the information, but the best ever listeners, the reason that they're the best, because they take things a step further. They're listening to this program. They're doing extra steps. They're not taking the easy way out. Here's a, here's a perfect example of that. Go to the courthouse. Instead of just looking at the website, walk into the courthouse, walk through those rows of books and microfilm and pull D books off the shelf and read documents. You'll find more information there about your potential deal, about your property, than you will just looking at the website. You don't want to do that every day because the value of time for an executive, for a professional, for a best ever listener, a best ever investor is something to keep in mind. But once in a while, go into that courthouse and look through the records, look through the documents to see what's really going on with those pieces of paper. Because when those pieces of paper are translated into data or something you see online, something gets lost and missed in the translation. So seeing those documents and touching them with your hands can make a difference. You may find notes in the margin. You may find another document recorded right after it, which tells you something else. For example, if you pull a deed for a property, it's in book 28, page 422. That's for 12 Main Street, your deal. If you look the next page over in that book, page 423, that deed may not, probably has nothing to do with your subject property, but because it was recorded right afterward, it may have come from that same owner. Maybe they refinance another property. Maybe their attorney filed a lawsuit for them. So just because you're there, you'll see things that you won't find on the website. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. First, a quick word from our sponsors crowdfunding. You've heard about it and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Okay, Dave, best ever book you've read. Easy. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It really helps you understand connecting with other people, hearing them, listening to them, and having an effective voice in your communications. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it. Yeah, anytime you have an opportunity to do something or go somewhere, go there and do it. Um, one, of these, one of the things that helped grow our company was moving out to California and opening an office here. And I had a meeting in San Diego. When, this is when I lived in Florida. I was in Palm Beach. Things were great. I had no reason to go to California. Somebody asked me to go to a meeting. I said, ah, what the heck? I'll go out there. I had, I had really no interest in it. And the meeting got canceled. 
But once I was already out here, I spent some time driving around. It turned out to be an opportunity to open up a new office. And so anytime you have an opportunity to do something or go somewhere, do it, even if you're not sure what it might turn out to. Best ever success habit you practice? Yeah, it's a sleep routine. I start shutting down computers and screens and iPhones and iPads at 8 o'clock. I stop eating at 9 o'clock. I'm in bed by 10. Uh, that extra couple hours that sometimes I used to think as a workaholic, you get extra hours. It takes away three hours from your next day. So sleep routine is important. When do you wake up? I wake up about 6.30. Best ever deal you've done? Yeah, it was my first office purchase. It was actually intended to be a single family house flip deal. And uh, when I bought it, I discovered it was zoned commercial. This was in Florida in Boca Raton. So I bought this little house. Um, I moved my office into it. I started working there, but uh, I paid 122. 18 months later, I, I sold it for 290. That was the best deal I ever did. Best ever way to become an expert witness for a government agency? If you um, get some credentials and find out what the expert witness um, game is all about. It's not about solving that person's problem. It's about testifying truthfully, making sure that what you're saying is um, irrefutable. If you try to gear your, your testimony towards the needs of your client, the other side will tear it apart and show that you're biased. And also testifying for both sides of any argument. So you're not going to always testify for a lien holder. Sometimes you'll testify for somebody defending against a lien. That shows you're unbiased. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Yeah, we're really excited about uh, some uh, entry back into more traditional marketing, video production. We opened up a video studio here at our California office. We're doing video production for the purpose of getting contact points for people to find us, find our investigative agency, and demonstrate what we're all about. I think the days of SEO and website um, growth are slowing down, and video production's a big deal. We're, we're really looking forward to that. Best ever way you like to give back? Yeah, um, getting first first time investors to do their first deal. We get a lot of calls on our title search side from investors who are looking to buy a foreclosure property or looking at a short sale, and they've never done a deal. And usually the title search, buying a title search or buying a title abstract is the first time they've actually had to spend money out of their pocket to do a specific deal. They may have bought some mailing lists, they may have you know joined some websites, but the first time they're pulling money out of their pocket to do their first deal, is to buy a title search. And that's scary. A lot of people love the idea, want to make big money, but they can't get past that first step. So uh, we love to get them to get their first deal because your first deal is the most important one and gets you in the game and off the off the bench. Best ever quote. Yeah, the quote is from uh, Einstein. It's been repeated by a few other people, but it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. It's all about persistence. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate or business? Yeah, it was a real estate deal that I did during that investment period where I bought a single family house. It was advertised as a three bedroom. It had three bedrooms. After I bought it, um, turns out the third bedroom really wasn't a bedroom. It was a two bedroom house zoned as a two bedroom, permitted as a two bedroom. The third bedroom was actually a porch that somebody had scraped together uh, walls around it. And um, I didn't pick it up. The inspector didn't pick it up. Had I done better due diligence at the time, I would have picked it up because I would have looked at permits and looked at zoning and looked at some other things. Even the title insurance company didn't pick it up. If I had done my own due diligence or had a deeper research and intel done, I would have picked it up. And that cost me some money, that deal. Dave, what's the best ever place to reach you? Yeah, all you got to do is search for anything Dave AFX, D-A-V-E, A like Alpha, F like Foxtrot, X like X-Ray. That's our website. That's my Twitter. That's my YouTube. That's my email. Dave AFX, you search for that and tons of stuff will show up and you can find me no matter where I'm at. 
Dave, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with best ever listeners and talking through, you called it title forensics. And as you're talking through, I'm thinking this is not only title, it's, it's, it's even higher level than that. It's deal forensics and how to approach looking at deals and the different one, I mean, the, the websites that you, you mentioned or the website as far as the, you know, the, the county website, but then two, taking it to the next level and going to the courthouse. And you gave that perfect example of some stuff doesn't translate from physical format to digital world. And even if it does, then perhaps right after that in the documents, the next page, there's going to be relevant information. And, and you gave the example of maybe page 422 has your, the info on your property. And then the next one recorded, 423, that actually has the same owner refinancing a property. And perhaps there's a way when you go in with the offer, you can have a bulk deal where you, you get two for the price of one or you know some sort of creative financing for those two properties. And then talking through you know, how to, how to really look at uh, making our marketing more effective when we know our audience and then not only know our audience, but we isolate the certain aspects of our audience and then we bring them all together again. And then we kind of determine based on that, what makes the most sense. And same with the deals that we do where we identify, okay, what are the most successful deals we've done in the past? What are some common traits among them? And then we isolate those traits. We see what is going to set us up for success in the future. And then we kind of exploit or maximize those areas as much as possible. So thank you so much. Tons of great advice for the best ever listeners and really grateful to have you on the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Glad to be here. This is excellent. Thank you, Joe. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever. 